0: Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by a generous grant from the Bush Foundation. This Ed Talk is titled, Youth Perspectives on Reimagining Equitable Youth Work. Our featured speakers are Zay Chang, Sana Makia, Jolie Vu, and Pa Ji. These four young speakers from the Youth Leadership Initiative, YLI, believe in a youth-centered world where young people are excited to learn, be themselves, and transform their communities they will share how creating a youth-centered space through an equity lens requires three things. First, a shift in framework from youth as recipients of services to youth as partners. Second, a dismantling of the hierarchical power structures that exist between youth and those in power. And third, a commitment to constant redefining and improvement. By reimagining the ways that we adults think about and work with youth, we can create more equitable spaces where young people can grow their self-confidence, better understand their peers and the world around them, and feel more empowered to effectively change their communities. This virtual ed talk was live streamed online on April 12th, 2021.
1: All we need to remember, there is an edge and grow our dreams beyond it. Black feminist activist, Adrienne Marie Brown, calls for us to dream beyond the edge and use our radical imagination to build the foundation for a better future. We are inviting you all on this journey of the imagination with us. Imagine a world that prioritizes young people and centers their perspectives. With fewer barriers to limit our imaginations and our potential, the world would be so much more creative. Nothing is impossible and everything is possible. There would be many ways to do things, many more opportunities to develop, and many more spaces for everyone to fit in and be successful. A world that centers young people and the joy of growing and experimenting would create a more open, kind, and understanding community. In this world, change and mistakes are valued and embraced. Being partners with
2: youth would come as second nature. Together, we would work to find common ground and create new systems that are inclusive of different types of learning. Every young person would understand that their biases are not inherited, but taught. In this world that promotes love and care, young people will grow up receiving positive support and growth, which in turn would produce healthier communities. Communities that would care about each other would work to dismantle systems that harm young people, like adultism, white supremacy culture, racism, sexism, and much more. We imagine that this world is possible.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Sanam and I use she, her, hers pronouns.
3: Hi
2: everyone, my name is Jolie Wu and I go by she, her pronouns.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Paji
3: and I go by she, her, hers. Hi, uh, my name is C,
2: I use she, her pronouns. We are here at EdTalk Talk today because we are excited to share our lived experiences, expertise, and wisdom with you all around youth leadership, youth voice, and youth equity. Whether you're someone working in the education system, working in the after school programming field, or a community member who just supports youth power, welcome! In this brief moment that we have together, we are excited to share, share with you our visions of a youth-centered world
4: and what it might look like in our daily lives. Imagine a community that centers young people's intersectional identities, that embrace conversations and structural changes around diversity and inclusion. Imagine a frigid winter morning in January. You and I are attending a retreat centered on community building. After finishing up an energizing activity on the basement floor, we join 50 other high school youth upstairs for the next activity. As we enter the space, we are asked to stand in a circle. The high school age facilitators, the youth mentors explained, this activity will be a vulnerable moment for everyone. We want to remind you all of the community working agreements we have created together on the first day of the retreat. First, we encourage you to listen to understand. Second, to host yourself where needed. Third, to let personal stories shared by your peers linger only in the space, but to take the learning with you. And finally, to trust in the process. Now, ask the partners to your left and right for consent to hold their hands and close your eyes. If a statement we read out loud applies to you, step inside the circle. Do not let go. The first statement is, I believe I am a leader. I stepped forward, but none of my partners on the left and right of me do. The next statement is, I often hear gunshots in my neighborhood. With my eyes closed, I can feel my hands pulled forward as I stood in place. After several rounds of this push and pull movement, we finally opened our eyes and sat in a circle, facing each other. The facilitator proceeded to ask us, what happened? How did you feel as you walked forward in a circle? or if you stayed in place, how did that make you feel? What was the purpose of this activity? I heard responses like, it was really hard to feel my friends move forward to statements like, I'm not proud of my culture, or actually, it felt really reassuring to see that there were others who felt the same way as me. I thought, that's why the theme of this retreat was community. That night, as I laid on the camp bunk bed, reflecting on the day, and on this activity in particular, something finally clicked. My friends who came from different parts of the Twin Cities, who came from different schools, different cultural, racial, and socioeconomic backgrounds, we all stepped into the circle. We heard phrases like, I've been told by an adult that I'm not good enough. How are we interconnected? What other similar issues impact us? What bigger structural forces influence our everyday lives? Another voice inside my head also whispered, what would a world that valued, including young people and ensuring that they feel they are enough look like? I went to sleep that night puzzling over many complex things.
3: Imagine a world where young people are leaders of today. Youth are leading youth, facilitating and talking about issues that are, that are important to them or topic they like. Do an activity that help you lead and learn about the real world, no matter what. Ages, You see youth leading youth activity and talking in front of you around topics like cultural identity, community action project, and allyship. Your voice and your opinion are being heard and you feel welcome. You feel an increased sense of confidence in yourself and your ability to create change Then one day, you become the person leading the activity and doing the talking. You hear from other youth and value their opinion, even if you disagree. When you are stuck and need help, other youth come to help you. In this world, even if I'm not confident in leading people and other youth, I was never discouraged Instead, as I keep going. And with the encouragement of other youth, I learned and did things I I never done. I came out of my comfort zone and I started conversation with other youth and got to know more people. I saw and met people from different backgrounds that I wouldn't have met if I didn't come out of my comfort zone. I've seen someone younger than me leading me and talking to me. They were brave to talk to in front of other youth. All that I went through gave me strength to become a better leader to myself and to others.
1: I imagine myself in a youth-centered space where kindness is abundant, smiles are rampant, and the sound of laughter fills up the precious space of the room. You feel free to make friends, talk to others, and express your inner self, and to be completely vulnerable. You feel true freedom and bliss. This is a story about the best kind of friendships. A friendship where love and compassion is plentiful, where you are constantly laughing until your stomach aches, where you feel at home with each other. This is our story. We didn't know each other, but we were cramped together in a campsite in the middle of nowhere. I was overpacked and you were underpacked. You stared at me with kind eyes. Throughout the day, we did many activities together. We laughed, talked, learned each other's likes, dislikes, and opinions. Although we were becoming friendly with each other, our friendship still felt a little distant and cold. The Hmong Odyssey simulation closed the gap in our friendship. Running and hiding, tightly clasping each other's hands, we trusted one another not to get caught. We held our breath, shaking from the cold, trying to lower the adrenaline flowing through our bodies. It was almost slow motion. We were running, flashing lights. Our hearts were one, connecting through trust and respect. I felt your grip tighten. You never let go. Stop, the guard screamed. I knew that this would be the end. We held our hands up in fear, but soon dropped the facade. That was crazy, right? I know, I was so scared. We gushed all night to each other. At this moment, I knew that I would be able to trust you. Later the next night, we held a dance party with all the other people in our group. Flashing lights, dark rooms, dancing our hearts out. I spun around the room, galloping around to Gangnam Style by Sai. I felt so close and loved. I smiled. The familiar warmth of love and kindness filled up the room. I felt at home. When I got back to my cabin, I reminisced about how wonderful it felt to be in such a kind place. The bright smiles, compassionate hugs, the kindest eyes I've ever seen. This is what true community felt like. Like a warm blanket and a hot cup of tea on a rainy day. Like a soft lilac sweater. I could not wait for the next day.
2: Imagine a world where self-growth is promoted in an environment free of judgment, but is also equipped to educate one on culture, gender, and identity in order to better understand not only yourself, but the people around you. A world where you see leaders that are just like you and aren't like you at all, and accepts and even nurtures your personal leadership style. A huge step in understanding what leadership was for me, personally, was when I first saw and understood the diversity of what it means to be a leader. Not only can people of color be in leadership positions, but there were all kinds of ways to be leaders. Outspoken, funny, extroverted, but even more shy and more soft-spoken. That experience had a lasting impact on me, and little did I know then that this space, and perhaps this world, thrived from accepting and supporting all sorts of leadership styles. This opened my mind and perspectives and was the beginning shift of what a leader used to look like in my mind. Someone white who talks loud and orders people around. With these new role models entering my life, I began to see myself as a leader. Not having to be loud, not ordering people around, but working and building something together with them. Through interactive activities, critical questions and reflections, I was able to reach such a level of self growth and not only my leadership, but also understanding the people around me. I believe that providing youth with the space and tools to allow themselves to grow and to question who they are, it is able to promote transformative leadership in many ways. Never before had I truly reflected on my identity as a 14-year-old, although in a sense, I'm glad that my reflection started here. This was a space provided for me to talk about culture, gender, and nationality without judgment, but also provided the tools to break down and understand what different parts of my identity really meant. In this space, I could personally think about and question, yeah, who am I, on the inside and out, and then how to later on connect my identity and experiences to others through the crossroads of intersectionality. I remember learning and realizing that everyone is not only different in numerous ways, but similar too. Whether they shared similar identities or not, everybody could connect to one another. It was just a matter of understanding that. With this, one is able to understand and empathize better with communities and the others around them to create a better space to work together and create change. Looking back now, I have an overwhelming sense of pride and gratitude towards myself and the space that made this all possible. I was able to understand and reflect. Even if it was only a couple years ago, it still has greatly contributed to the way I hold myself now and most likely how I will continue to spread teachings. (laughs) I am even continuing to do so outside of the space by creating a workshop for Big Brother Big Sister that talks about and uh, that talks about identity and opens up questions to youth to reflect about.
1: We took you all on vivid journeys of our imagination. This is not just an imaginative story about us, but a compilation of real experiences that we have had at the Youth Leadership Initiative program. We are current and former youth mentors or leaders in the Youth Leadership Initiative a community-based leadership development program for high school students in the Twin Cities. We call it YLI for short. Our organization's vision is creating
4: a community that is inclusive, authentic, and just. This vision guides our mission, which is to develop the next generation of leaders who reflect the community and who are prepared and committed to contribute their talents to build a thriving, inclusive, just, and multicultural community. We also elevate the voice, power, and participation of young people, as well as build the capacity of individuals and organizations that work with youth. Lastly, we also serve as a catalyst for justice, change, and transformation in the systems that impact youth. So each of our individual stories highlighted a value that YLI or YLI embodies in our work. My story demonstrated YLI's first value of social justice and equity. Much of our curriculum is centered on racial equity and critical multiculturalism. Alongside understanding social justice issues and equity, Wildlife has also embedded this in our culture. We share power resulting in youth-adult partnerships um, that restructure and dismantle traditional relationships and practices.
3: The second value is youth leading youth. In Wildlife, we center youth. When it comes to decision-making, we hear out from, uh, from our youth their, from their opinion to improve program. Wildlife let youth take the lead, facilitate activity, and do program evaluation.
1: The third value is community. We create brave spaces where compassion, trust, belonging, and radical love is fostered. The YLI culture builds community and solidarity where young people can be their authentic selves.
2: The last value is transformative leadership. We are constantly learning about different kinds of leadership and ourselves as leaders. We start with our own identities, our relationship with others, and lead together to become catalysts for change. This results in leading with pride in who we are and our lived experiences.
4: The journey towards actualizing these values and then practicing it in our organization level was and continues to be a work in progress. The first step towards making our vision and value possible, which Paul G. mentioned earlier, uh, was to acknowledge and view young people as partners who have expertise and knowledge of their own. We share decision-making power with our youth and allow them the freedom to develop and impact our program design. So for example, two core structural aspects of our program are cultural sessions where youth explore a cultural identity of their choosing, and action teams where youth research and develop a community action project on issues important to them. Uh, Young people are not only involved in program implementation, they're also leading our program evaluations, recruitment, and program curriculum. We were really able to center our work on young people and their ideas, because of our belief in the abilities of young people.
1: Secondly, and in alignment with this framework, is our constant practice to listen to young people and include them at all decision-making levels. What this translates to is our dedication to transparency. We are not afraid to tell our young people about our fiscal year budget and work with them to think of creative ways to utilize that money. Another framework that we have is that we center care and relationship building in our work. We always start every meeting with a check-in question that helps center our young people, but also allows us to get to know them outside of our organization. And we always follow up with what they share with us.
3: Alongside this, we always insert play into how we teach concept into youth. Wildlife facilitation model is based on experience learning cycle where we do reflect, and apply. For example, we use interactive activities like egg drop where youth have to use limited set of material to protect an egg from cracking, to teach teamwork and communication. Another example where we, we make learning fun is when we train young people to do program evaluations. One important skill to have is Observations. Opposa- One way we train for this is through spotted different art exercise.
2: And lastly, we embrace the chaotic path. The chaotic path is the idea that we have enough people, enough resources and enough knowledge to approach our work, but we we may never know how the process will proceed or the outcomes that would result. And that's okay. We embrace that uncertainty because we know that this is where learning and growth
1: happens. So what? How does this apply to your work? Before we end our ed talk, we're going to impart some important pieces of advice to you. We suggest that you reflect deeply on these questions slash statements on how you are incorporating youth voice and leadership in your organization. First, it is important to examine the power structures in your organization. How are you treating your youth and what are your youth actually doing? It is important to have a youth committee slash youth board, but how are you actually incorporating youth in that space? Do they have decision-making power? Are they able to sit on important boards of your organization? Are you transparent about the financial state of your organization with youth? Do youth help create curriculum? Youth leadership must be embedded in every part of your organization to be truly effective.
2: Do a systems mapping of the impacts, harm, and vision you have for young people in your work. Some questions for you to think about are, how are you currently engaging young people? What practices, mindsets, or frameworks about young people does your organization employ? Which of these practices are you personally doing well in and within your program? What are the barriers that you need to address? What do you want to do differently, both personally and within your program? And finally, are you living your values? the values and mission
4: of your organization. We began with a quote from Adrian Marie Brown in her Ode to Radical Imagination. Our next piece of advice to you is precisely this, use and practice radical imagining. Radical imagination is a choice of courage, a collective effort, and a tool to shape our present. It allows us to connect institutions, practices, and mindsets together so that we can begin to unroot the cause of our oppression, and plant new seats that are more just, equitable, and kind. The Youth Leadership Initiative introduced me, and to all of us, um, concepts like power sharing, youth equity, youth voice, and youth power before I even realized that these kinds of development are rare in youth work. These were wild antidotes and solutions to tackling issues like adultism and ageism at its roots. I was fortunate to have these experiences that showed me a world where young people or cared for is possible. Yet you don't necessarily have to have my experiences to dream beyond the edge. We ask you to start with a simple question of what if, or how about, or even I believe. And
3: lastly, remember that equity is an ongoing process. When you are doing social justice work, you are committing to a process of reflections and change. We invite you to always center reflection and your work. By acknowledging growth and as well as area of improvement, we are constantly moving toward progress.
2: And with that, thank you for coming to our Ed Talk. Thank, thank, you. thank you.
0: Ed Talks is presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Thanks to our generous sponsor, the Bush Foundation. For more information on Ed Talks or to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to audio podcasts, visit AchieveMPLS.org.